listening to Legacy Lawyers, hosted by Michael Haslam and Nathan Croxford. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. What's up, Mike? Nathan, how goes it? Good until I read this article. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so it I ruined a... your day? It ruined your day? No. <laughs> So I have a theory Mm -hmm. that if um, bearing children was up to the dads, this would not – I think the human race would have gone extinct (laughs) thousands and tens of thousands of years ago. So somehow – so my wife you know, and your wife, they go through this crazy experience of giving birth to a child. And then, and and I watch it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're never doing that again. <laughs> and and then, you know, two three years in, there's discussion about doing it again, and I'm sitting here thinking, but you remember what it was like three years ago, right? And somehow, I I don't know if it's like a mechanism built into their it's like magic. Their brains, their their physiology, their anatomy, it's like they somehow magically, I don't know, do they forget what it was like? Or is it really that they're that, um, I don't know, that selfless Determined. that they're just like, I'm ready, <laughs> I'm willing to do this again. It's like you got to ramp up to something hard, you know, you're like, okay. Something hard. Ready to do it. I mean, really hard. <laughs> people are a lot of the listeners. Well, I don't know. Some of our listeners might be old enough to remember Bill Cosby's <clears throat> description of. I'm not going to say the description, but if you ever want to hear something pretty funny, and I realize that he's a kind of a disgraced guy at this point. But that being said, he did say some funny stuff, and one of the things he talked about. He had this whole bit that he would do on natural childbirth and describing it, and it was pretty, pretty amazing how spot on he was. But the reason we're talking about this um, is because recently in the news there was this amazing, crazy, and cool, touching story about a mom who, at the age of fifty, Um, she was the mother of eight children of her own. And one of those children was a daughter who was having fertility problems and miscarrying. And so the mom knew that her daughter, um, and her daughter's husband, her son-in-law, that they were talking about starting infertility treatment in fact let's see yeah she had already gone through the whole infertility thing and what they had determined is that she her body was just incapable of carrying the baby and so they were she knew that her daughter was talking about um trying trying um, to finding a surrogate they had four embryos that were harvested in 2019 that were um, ready to go. It was just a matter of who can carry this. 
um, baby. And I think it was on her daughter's birthday. Oh, I didn't see that part. Let's see. Maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, it was at a time where do a control F in there, see if you can find birthday. But anyway, there was a time where she knew her daughter was thinking about it or at the very time that her daughter had dropped off one of their, um, had, let's see, what had she done? She was sitting somewhere in a parking lot wondering who could we have carry this baby? And at that very moment, her phone rings and it's her mom. And her mom tells her that for, um, a few months, she had been thinking about offering to carry this child for her daughter. So grandma would carry daughter's child, which is grandmother's granddaughter, but kind of her daughter. daughter. (laughs) Not genetically her daughter, but but the hard work her. The hard work of putting your body through a pregnancy and giving birth, that would be up to 50-year-old grandma. Now, now that's I'm just going to reveal my age, but I may or may not be around that age. And um, your body doesn't, you don't. I just can't even. Well, the thing that blows my mind is her mom had eight kids before she did. That's what I'm saying. This would be baby number nine. Number nine at 50. 50. And not only that, her mom would have to go through the whole process of in vitro fertilization, which is all kinds of injections and exams and more injections to get her body in a position where even though her body's not telling itself on its own to get ready to have a an embryo attached to her uterus and start carrying a body or start carrying a baby they have to chemically induce that state and and i know people who have gone through this and it is miserable and that was actually like <clears throat> her daughter's one of her main concerns. Was, so first of all, obviously, it was like an emotional, a pretty emotional phone call um, for both of them. Because her daughter had just been through this in vitro process and knew exactly what, how miserable it was, how hard it was, how hard physically on a body it is. And here's her 50-year-old um, mother mm-hmm. of eight children. There's a there's a um, medical term for that. Um, gravita eight or something. They say that it's a woman who's had eight children, hmm. and she's here. She is signing on for number nine. So this quote from. Um... The mom who had the baby 
It's pretty, pretty impressive. So she said, I knew from the beginning that this wasn't my baby. This was a gift for my daughter that she couldn't do for herself. I would do anything for any of my children. Yeah, because not only that, that's a, that's she, a good mom. it wasn't, they implanted two embryos. It doesn't say what happened to the second oh. one. I'm guessing that, but so she was signing on to potentially have twins. Well, and that's, that happened to someone I know who a- acted as a surrogate and they, they got twins and she carried twins and it actually got really rough at the end and got a little sketchy, but yeah, there's some major risks for legit. Like my wife is a twin and um, when you see someone who's carrying twins or multiples of any kind, you can tell, I mean, it's not, but I do know someone who had twins at 50 and it was their choice and they they were just starting another family later in life and twins at 50. So that means when you're 60, you have 10 year old children, 10 year old twins. Uh huh. Yeah. That means when you're 55, you have twin five-year-olds, twin kindergartners. (laughs) Yeah. 53, you have two identical or same aged three-year-olds running around and you're trying to keep up with that. I will say one thing about the families I've seen have multiples later or have even children later is that there's more than one set of parents. Like usually the, a few hands on deck, right? Yeah, kids are as much in love with that new baby or those new babies as the parents are and big sister, big brother, big brothers, big sisters pitch in but i don't i'm just gonna say that if this was up to me (laughs) first of all this couple would have had one child to begin with so if it wasn't caitlin the daughter who was having infertility problems there never would have been discussion because she wouldn't even existed and secondly there never would have been discussion because i would be one and done like Thanks. Glad we have one. Um, if we want to, if we want more, we'll adopt. We're going to be adopting. So when I read this article, Nathan, well, when I saw the headline and, and skimmed the article, you know, I was, I, I did have a quick thought like, whoa, that's 50. That's hard. That's impressive. But then um, the estate planning attorney side of me was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. And that's because, you're not even close to 50 years old. I never got past the 50 years old giving birth to a ninth child thing. Still haven't. You're, uh, yeah. I can Whatever you're about to say hasn't even occurred to me. Well, I got, I have something I'm going to share with you I haven't, that I haven't told you about yet that will help, help add to your <laughs> shock. <laughs> so, but uh, it's going to be a surrogate of twins. The what? Who? Your wife? Oh yeah, that's that's no, no, not that level. Just oh, okay. But it would be cool if it was that level, but no. You guys are pregnant with number five? No, no, oh, oh not not anything along these lines. Nothing that grandiose. No. Okay. So, um, but before I do that, uh, I'll share why this has why we thought um, uh, an attorney podcast 
should talk about this article. So like when we prepare legal documents for our clients, we have a definition section that defines who are descendants and who are children. And we talk about what scenarios. So we say natural birth is usually the term we often use. And then we, we use the term adopted and or so, biological, uh, or we, biological or adopted. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> which, which, so which one is it in this case? Like if you're reading, <laughs> if you're reading the will and you say, I want all of my assets to go equally to my children. And <laughs> so does, does, uh, the mom of eight have eight children or nine children, according to her will and her trust now. And does, does this baby, this baby have two moms and no grandmother or. Well, she probably has one grandmother on the one side, but. Oh yeah. 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 Two, two moms, one grandmother. Or does does she count everything? Does the daughter have any children. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I guess I need to actually, it's a good point. It's probably a good time to go back and revisit that definition because I could see how, so if it says it's her biological child, then to me, that means that you're looking at who provided the genetic material that created this human, right. in which case it would be daughter and son-in-law, right? It mm-hmm. would be. But a lot of trusts don't use the word biological child. They say, they they define, they oh, define natural born, they say natural, uh. natural born, natural birth is the term that I've seen in a lot of documents. And so. Well, then that's a problem. Well, cause mom did the birth. Grandma so, did the birth. Grandma, sorry, we probably grandma got everybody confused. So yeah, there's a 50 year old. Let's just use their names. Okay. Their names are here. It's in the news. Shalice is grandma, 50. Okay. Caitlin is daughter, 25. Um, 20, doesn't say how old daughter is, but of childbearing age and married. And then. 20. It says 25. Oh, 25. Okay. And then baby. Did we ever get baby's name? Eli. Uh, I'm bad at reading names. Oh, you can Lina? see it, but you can't pronounce it. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. A-L-A-Y-N-A. Elena. Elena. Okay. Um, right. So Shalice, then it's even more confusing because the baby's name is Elena Kate Shalice. So she has Elena, and then they took the first part of oh, the yeah. the daughter, the mom, the Caitlin's name, and they hyphenated it and put Shalice on the end of it. Grandma, mom. That's fitting. <laughs> Very. <laughs> so, so does Shalice fifty? Does she have nine children? According and, to her state planning, does she have – so if you read her will or and trust. Is, and is Elena her child or her grandchild? Or mm-hmm. both. Or both. Does she maybe. have the ability to inherit twice potentially? That, she could. Uh, or three times, twice from grandma and once from Caitlin, her 
the mother who the the mother who provided the genetic material for her embryo to be formed her genetic here's just how we say it her birth mom Shalise is her birth mom mm-hmm. and her grandmother mm-hmm. um caitlin is her genetic Biolog- mom biological mom well genetic genetic okay her genetic, genetic mom because biological could be confusing does biological mean it could mean a lot of things yeah okay genetic and then mom. and then thankfully for elena she's just a normal healthy um seven pound 13 gosh that's a that baby solid that's a solid child seven seven pounds 13 ounces yeah. um you know what i don't know i don't so know now, I'm actually every, pull up a trust right now every time i review a, a a trust now i'm gonna like that paragraph i'm gonna have to like when oh, we define sure. descendants and children i'm gonna i might have to start using the word genetic so i'm gonna are we gonna start well, i don't know genetically we may have to re modify we may have to rewrite our definition i'm going to a definition section in a trust right now so while you're looking that up i'll just pose a question to you what what would you say if i told you this is not the first time this has happened nathan (laughs) crocksworth oh man i'd say there's a lot of brave grandmas in the world then what would you what would you say if i told you there was someone who was 51 who did this oh my gosh i would just i i might not be standing upright to be able to hear that <laughs> well it's true nathan it's it's happened before and i just i just i didn't even keep looking i think it's happened multiple times but in 2020 a mom did this for her daughter at 51 so nice. So in this trust, so all trusts need it now because it's going to be a trend. Adopted and afterborn persons, a person in any generation who is legally adopted before reaching age 18 and his or her descendants, including adopted descendants, have the same rights and be treated in the same manner under this trust as natural children. To go to the definition of descendants. You know, I'm going to, but that right there that's ambiguous in this case a natural child so what i'm uh, saying descendants. <laughs> the term descendant means persons who directly descend from a person such as children grandchildren or great grandchildren ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, these people have destroyed our definition section <laughs> i mean we can just start asking everybody like if you're So do we need to add a do we need to add a question to our information gathering tool at the beginning? How many children do you have? And were no, any no. of them by How many children birth? do you have? And were you <laughs> who gave birth to you? Who gave birth to each child? And who gave birth to you? Oh yeah. And who's I guess we would only care for the most part for the kids, right? So yeah. who gave birth to your children? Who's the mother of your children? Well, maybe and who gave birth to your children. I think that's gonna confuse some people. <laughs> well, don't we need to know who gave birth to the client? Because we have a we have a catch all paragraph, right? That says That's true. If, if your 
if your kids pass before you, then we're, then we're going to send to your next closest relative. Well, we don't know who your next closest relative is if we don't know who <laughs> who mom and dad is. Here's right? my question. Has this ever been litigated? No. Well, I don't know that, but. I, I think I'd go with your first answer. The answer is something this rare, I would put some serious, serious money on it having never yet been litigated. And so then the question I have would be, what would a court do? And I think the court would work off the genetics in this case. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure court would be. So I'm trying to see where That's this other me. one happened at. What? Because this story is close to us. It's a local story. But this other one, the 51... I'm going to pull up another trust because I, I swear we have trusts that are a little bit different in that. Yeah, that we have we, yeah, we have a few different def- definitions we've kind of tweaked <clears throat> over the years. You could – I mean, they're all pretty – Let me see. I mean, none of them here's were designed another. for – Here's, a here's another one. I'm going to pull this one up. All right. This definition of shall, must, and may, always riveting. I always tell our clients – if you're like having a hard time sleeping one night and you don't want to use a, a medication, just crack open your trust binder and go to the definition section and just start having a read. And I always just ask them to be like safely reclined so that when they violently fall asleep, they don't hurt their neck in the middle of a sentence, they don't hurt themselves. So here's another, uh, this is a different trust with a little bit more, in-depth definition of descendant. The term descendants means the lineal, (laughs) this is going to be awesome. The term descendants means the lineal descendants of all generations of the identified person. Lineal descendants of all generations of the identified person and includes children whose relationships with their parents arose from, are you ready? Mm -hmm. Natural birth. There it was. I knew it was in one of them. Legal adoption. Court declaration of parentage. Yeah. Recognition of parent-child relationship by state law. So, I mean, I think I think under that, maybe that last one, that state law would probably cover you there and say, okay, it's clearly... We're probably making this more complicated than it needs to be because you can't tell me that when you've done a surrogate agreement, because I've done one for... Mm-hmm. I've done actually a couple, and one of mine also went kind of crazy at the end. Like you always, when you're building one of those agreements, you you because this is like an agreement where money's going to change hands for the person agreeing to carry the child, and so you always build in language for like, okay, if it goes really well and there's no complications, then this is the amount. If there has to be a cesarean section add 10 grand if there's other complications add additional money i don't know just depends on how you set it up but but you can't tell me that in those surrogacy agreement scenarios that the surrogate had any claim to parentage to that child but i guess that's because it was contractually defined right Mm -hmm. sorry i was i actually lost you on the end there because i found another article that's Someone just so everybody's aware, this is not 
this is not an uncommon occurrence. So I'm looking at the screen. I'm talking to Mike on an interactive podcast. I'm I, I usually I realize that he has completely tuned out. He's reading something. I'm on an island all by myself trying to make a point carry the podcast trying to get get some get an uh can i get an uh uh-huh can i get a yep Mm -hmm. and his eyes are squinting as he's and i'm just like oh my gosh it's like he's not even listening to me (laughs) so so what i was saying if you'll look at me okay i'm paying attention is there was no quite we're maybe making this overly complicated because there's no question in those surrogacy agreements or in those scenarios who the real mother was it's not like the mom the surrogate could have told the nurse okay you know what i've changed my mind i'm keeping this one keeping the baby yeah no but but is that only because it was contractually defined whose child it was i'm not sure i i don't really i think i mean we very we're very careful to contractually indicate you don't get to surrogate doesn't get to suddenly claim the child as their own child but no but in a it you know in a state planning document where you're operating off for different definitions and different statutes and different rules you can maybe get a Mm -hmm. you'd think that if this had happened your client would say so a little bit of an interesting point i have to make here have a question for you Mm -hmm. yeah if For I sure. gave birth to my daughter's child, a.k.a. my granddaughter, mm-hmm. do we need to put anything in the documents that indicates that I'm not claiming her as my daughter, that I don't intend for her to inherit like my children, that if she gets anything, she gets it as a granddaughter? Like you yeah, would I hope mean, that would come up, right? I mean, right. I've had people bring up family um, scenarios that are way less complicated than that. And they want, they have a question about her. They want to discuss it. So you would think that this. Yeah, we're joking about this, but I I mean, I don't think it would be an actual issue if their planning didn't clearly address what's going on here. But that being said, yeah, you would hope a client would tell you if there was something unique like this going on. So you could just be really clear in Mm -hmm. the documents or the definition section what we mean when we refer different people so because that's that's maybe a bigger point here is that like anything that is out there pretty much we can customize the document to address make it situations like this right or anything else like that where we just well be clear in some cases you just say you just write out in a little bit of a narrative um here you would say something like, "Well, this um, we just define children as, and we name them." Well, you would define them and name them, and, the, and then you might even throw in a paragraph if they wanted it that just says, um, "I carried my daughter's <laughs> child as a surrogate, and that da- that granddaughter is a granddaughter to be treated as my granddaughter, not my daughter." Simple mm-hmm. as that. Yeah. So here's the other question I have. Um, there's a statute that defines heirs at law, mm-hmm. meaning if somebody dies without any planning in place and it goes to probate and it's there's there's no say that person didn't have any children. Um, you look at the statute to see, well, who's their next of kin? Who's their 
and and there's a priority of who so it, it i think if you have no children it goes to your parents first if they're living then it goes mm-hmm. to your siblings if they're living and then i lose track from there yeah but, and nephews but and does this cause problems for that statute could that's where i i think you'd have to i think you would look at that a little closer if someone came or you'd again in the paragraph you just clarify where they fit into the heirs at law analysis right so i guess here's here's something we can say as a and and by the way we have not given our disclaimer disclaimer is that while we are both estate planning attorneys the information that we're talking about today in this podcast and in every podcast that we do is for educational and entertainment purposes only please don't rely on this information and please do seek out your own qualified attorney estate planner to to deal with your particular situation that being said it's a good practice to like i guess the the the, the the maxim that there's no such thing as a stupid question. The only stupid questions are the ones that don't get asked. Mm-hmm. That would apply here. Like yeah. I would so much rather my client bring something up and we go, Oh, that's not even an issue. Yeah. No problem there. Well, where, where it usually gets brought up is when they're talking about their children and sometimes they have stepchildren and sometimes they have children who adopted children. And so when you go through your state estate plan with your attorney, if you have any unique situations, you know, adoptions, stepchildren, surrogate situations, anything like that, just let the attorney know. And then they can just think through the scenario and make sure there's not going to be something that's weird or conflicting or unclear so yep and even if this grandmother did want her grandchild to be treated as one of her children and as her grandchild that could be drafted so nathan what was distracting me so much was there was another mother (laughs) 59 moment 59 She she acted as a surrogate for her child at fifty nine year old squirrel ran across your screen. <laughs> yeah, a fifty nine year old woman mm-hmm. acted as a surrogate. That's got to be pretty medically serious, Rare. right? Well, well, first yeah. of all, yeah. I mean, I don't know at what point you go through the change of life, but <laughs> fifty nine. I'd say a lot of people probably aren't dealing with that anymore. But yeah. 59 pretty amazing 59 carrying a baby that's if you want to if you look up the definition of a high-risk pregnancy in the dictionary there's a picture of that lady (laughs) yeah so i was trying to read to see how that actually went but then you were all getting mad at me for not listening to you so well i wasn't getting mad i was just pointing out to the listeners that if it sounded like i wasn't paying attention mike had gone away and that i was kind of floundering the reason was that I had tuned me out. You were not, you were hearing maybe kind of hearing talking in the background, but you had no idea what I just said. (laughs) I didn't. And that's not the first time, nor will it be the last that that happens to me. Usually I recover without any, anyone. And it's weird because it's like, I usually have really good recall. It's like you're, 
you're looking at your screen and you'll look at me and your eyes are still glazed over because you're still somewhere else. And then all of a sudden your eyes will change and your pupils will focus. <laughs> yeah, right. And then I know you're back. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not kidding. There's something about your eyes that when you tune uh, back in and look directly at me and you're paying attention again, I can tell. I'm like, oh, he's back. <laughs> he's back. Oh, geez. All right. Well, we better end this before... Before say I, something that gets us even in more trouble than we probably already are in, or or before I zone you zone out again, or before you zone out again, yeah, either okay. one. All right. Well, thanks everybody, and we'll talk to you next time. Catch you next time. Thanks everybody. You've been listening to Legacy Lawyers with Michael Haslam and Nathan Croxford. We give you the juicy detail of cases that our law firm has dealt with. We take out the lawyer talk and legalese and show you what options some of our clients had to choose from to fix their situation. The effects of not doing planning can be devastating. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook and Instagram at Voyant Legal. Call us at 801-951- 0500 or send us an email at team at voyantlegal.com and for commonly asked questions hit voyantlegal.com slash resources we'll see you next time